1: Up, Wizards fans. Welcome to another Believe in Wizards Podcast. I'm Matt Maderno. Uh, we're gonna respond kind of kind of in real-time-ish, I guess, to the Bradley Beal stuff. Wanted to give it just long enough to kind of make some sense of it and let you know the real details come out. And I think just the terms of the deal have been uh, a lot more elucidated, I guess. I don't know, in the last hour or two. So we'll find out uh, you know, what, what the reactions are to this thing. Over the next couple of days, I think the overall fan base reaction seems to be negative. I don't think any of us were really expecting a crazy return for Beal given the health and injury history and uh, contract structure and no trade clause and all that stuff. Like, I don't think we're a stupid fan base by any stretch. So, uh, you know, expecting the Go Bear deal or something like that after how uh, not well that worked out for the Timberwolves was, was not really anything I saw anybody. Strongly advocating for, uh, but I don't think any of us saw it being this bad. Because not only is it just like "Eh, it's a salary dump, and here's an asset or two. Like even the Miami deal, I I know some people were saying that late first round picks for Miami were kind of meaningless. I don't think that, at the very least, you know the Wizards were kind of hamstrung with what they could do trade wise because they owe that uh, that protected, excuse me, protected first round pick to the Knicks. So at least having those Miami picks gave you some flexibility to do some other stuff, whereas this Phoenix deal, they got really no assets. So I'm going to get into that. I've got Brendan Smith of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast and Ryan Oliver of the Wizards group chat coming on here in a second. We'll talk about all that. As always, we're brought to you by Stateside Vodka and their Surfside Hard Ice Teas, Hard Lemonades, Hard Everythings. They're all delicious. And I think this is an opportunity, if you have not tried them, go out and have two, three, four, 10, Uh, You certainly earned it as a lifetime as a Wizards fan, especially with what's going on tonight. Also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your championship finals info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and latest matchup reports for this year's NBA and Stanley Cup Finals. Those already happened. I guess I need a new copy here, but you can still bet uh, on anything. And it's Bet Online is still your sports intel headquarters this season and have you covered for all your sports wager needs. Like I said, from MLB, UFC, hockey, boxing, golf all that good stuff, uh, plenty of things coming up here that you can bet on over the course of the summer. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options in your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your home. Get in on the action today, head to the website and be sure to use our promo code BLEAV to receive your awards and 50% off on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, with that, let's just get right into the conversation here with Brandon and Ryan. All right, stay tuned. All right. My pleasure to bring on two of my buddies here, Brendan Smith of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast and Ryan Oliver of the Wizards Group Chat podcast. Maybe, Ryan, let's start with you. Congrats on the new pod. For anybody not subscribed already, check it out.
2: Available on Spotify right now and other platforms to come, right? Absolutely, man. Matt, thanks for having me on. You know, I'm a big fan of you and the Believe in Wizards podcast. The Wizards Group Chat, we're new, but uh, me and Chase Carroll got some exciting things coming, obviously. And uh, man, thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. And then obviously one of the OGs of Wizards Podcasting here, Brendan, thanks for coming on with us here too.
3: Yeah, definitely appreciate you extending the invitation to get the opportunity to talk with you two gentlemen. It was a very exciting day today and I'm excited to talk about and then what it means for the now and what it potentially means going forward.
1: Oh, did, did something noteworthy happen today? I haven't seen anything online. About that.
3: According to to Wizards Twitter, m- maybe not, but uh, so significant things did happen that I think it was a, a very positive day, which I think is going to be something that not a lot of Wizards fans b- share that sentiment. But I think today was a very positive day and um mainly because they, they finally chose a direction and that's something that you know the the last regime couldn't figure out in four plus years so we'll give credit where it's due i'm not going to give my entire spiel now but i'm excited that they at least chose a direction and came to the conclusion rather quickly so
1: yeah i think that's a that's a really good way to intro this year for anyone who hasn't heard the news already by the time they're listening to this uh you should see it in the episode description but Uh, In case you haven't, uh, the Wizards have traded Bradley Beal. The Bradley Beal era is over. He won't get the scoring record that they were so much looking forward to hyping up and promoting. And, uh, you know, it's just it's the end of an era. Whatever you think of the Beal era is sort of uh, a new day for Wizards fandom. They've traded him. And by what I've heard and apparently what Josh Robbins has heard, uh, also Jordan Goodwin, which we'll get into that one in a minute, for Chris Paul, Landry Shamit. A 2024 pick swap, a 2026 pick swap, and quote, multiple second round picks. Uh, and that's to the Phoenix Suns, if you're not familiar with where those players are coming from. So, guys, I, I mentioned yesterday I had somebody uh that, that is pretty reputable tell me that the Beals were in Miami uh very recently looking for a new home, must have been a vacation home because they ultimately opted. Uh, not to go there, which was a little surprising. And and now he's going to be in Phoenix, closer to LA, maybe, is sort of the vibe for them. They have a house in LA as well. So, uh, you know, maybe he just wants to win next to KD and let KD do into all the work for him. Or maybe he liked that KD to DC rumor so much that he needed to, to kind of see it through a, a couple years later. Um, Ryan, when we start with you here, just sort of
2: what's your re- like initial reaction to the pot? Yay, nay? How you feeling? Some bit of both? Yeah. You know that, that, that um, DJ Khaled meme where he's like, congratulations, you played yourself. That was my first thought and <laughs> reaction to the, to the, to the Bradley Beal trade. Um, it, I think that I was very disappointed at first when I saw the, you know, the Woj bomb kind of cross my phone. And the more I've digested it, I kind of think, you know, I'm a, I'm a wait and see and give the front office, uh, you know, Will Dawkins uh, winger a chance to, to see what they can do. And I think that it, it's disappointing because as someone who has been advocating the trade deal for so long, like I literally was at the forefront of in in 2019, like let's trade him now while you can get a bunch of first round picks back. And I know everyone has kind of been on that bad bandwagon, but I was really one of the first people I saw on Wizards Twitter that was saying, let's do it. So mm-hmm. four years later, when you're just in mediocrity, it, it just sucks to see that that you get no, no young talent, no first round pick. I mean, not even like a protected, like a top twenty protected first rounder or anything. I think that was a tough pill to swallow. But um, you just saw a masterclass in uh, you know, getting a bag from Beal and a and a masterclass in in uh, being an agent from uh, Barnelstein. I mean, that it's mm-hmm. just it's plain and simple. You know, I think Beal did want to win in Washington to an extent, but I I think that it was really about getting the most money he could possibly get. And he negotiated the no trade clause because Ted was desperate and Tommy was desperate to, you know, to build around him and to Mm -hmm. have this, you know, this, this homegrown star, quote unquote. And it's not even a Bill bash that I feel, you know, no, no hate towards Bill or anything like that. I don't blame him. I would have done exactly what he did because now he got to finagle his way right where he wanted to go. And um, who wouldn't want to play with Book and KD? I think we underestimated that when that kind of popped up as a fan base, um, that that's really... Tantalizing, regardless of the fit. I mean, who wouldn't want to play with a top 20 player in KD uh, in all time, arguably? And you know, Book is obviously one of the greats in the game right now, um, as far as this generation. So my initial thought was I was disappointed, but from Beale's standpoint, I understand why he kind of pressed it in that direction, even over Miami. Uh, I mean, book, book and KD, or Bam and Jimmy Butler. Like I let, you know, I think most people probably would choose book and KD. So I get it. Um, it's disappointing. But I think that it just shows you that when you are kind of negotiating against a player, you know, with a player with a no trade clause and there's not that many options. I think that the front office did an okay job. Um, but I think I wouldn't give them any more than okay. It's definitely disappointing.
1: I'll let you respond in one second, Brent. I just want to throw out one thing that Ryan said that I hadn't really thought about yet. And and this is sort of interesting. I wonder how much recruiting KD actually did here, because uh this is a KD move. He did this with the Warriors. Rather than go somewhere and be the man or one of the men, it was essentially Beal is now going there to ride their like ride their coattails. Essentially, it's a pre-established group. I mean, granted, they only played thirty games together or whatever it was, but like this is not going to be Bradley Beal's team. I would think somebody that thinks that highly of themselves and is always complaining about how they don't make more All Star teams would have wanted to like be more of the man as opposed to going somewhere. Like at least. I think you can make that case in Miami. Like Butler doesn't want to be the scorer. Bam is not the scorer. Beale could be the guy, put up 30 a game and be the man, you know, on offense. That, that shouldn't happen in Phoenix. So I was a little surprised he pulled kind of a KD move to get on KD's team. So uh also got Oz Beg here joining us. We'll get to Oz here in one second. Um, but but Brendan, why don't you kind of give us your initial reaction to this?
3: Yeah, I mean, I again, I, I think just from where we were at a couple years ago, and I'm with Ryan, I think again, like most of the, the fan base was trade him now where while you can get value for him, because I think we all kind of predicted that this is kind of eventually where it was going to go being in that 34 to 38 win purgatory and never being able to get out of that. So, um, look, it's not the the best deal that we wanted I'm, I'm sure a lot of us were hoping for at least two first round picks but again when you have a player that has a no trade clause and we were kind of hoping for him to not be a, for you know a, the lack of a better term a, a dickhead um in trying to find a new home and that's just kind of the route i guess that he wanted to take and look it's his right um it's in his contract uh, to have the no trade clause. So essentially he gets to pick his team in the deal and that's fine. That's perfectly fine. Um, And that's where I don't understand the frustration with him personally, because he's not the one who gave himself that contract. Tommy did that. So anything that this regime could have done positively was pick the direction and it didn't take them long to figure that out at all. And we moved Bradley Beal, I mean, uh, almost a week before the NBA draft, which I, if you had asked me that when Winger was hired, I certainly didn't have that in the cards. I figured they'd maybe want to move on from him eventually, but I didn't think it was going to be this quick. So got to give credit where credit's due. And obviously the deal still not done yet. So if they decide to reroute Chris Paul somewhere else, maybe we get back a, a first in there somewhere. So it's not all bad. But again, I think with the the limitations that we had going into this, it's it's hard to be too mad at Michael Winger and Will Dawkins in this scenario, at least in my opinion.
1: I'm definitely not gonna be mad at Brad, because I'll be honest with you, like I, I would fleece this bullshit organization if I could too. Like Agreed. I'm trying to fleece free, you know, free gear out of them or something if I can, at the very least. And the one thing I won't do though, I've seen a couple people thanking Brad on Twitter for lifting his no trade clause. Like he was doing us some favor just to be clear he had to do that in order to be traded that's what a no trade clause is this is not some special thing he did to help us out that's it's literally just what had to take place so it's uh it, it's like we're, we're not we're not like uh owing brad anything here or indebted to him so i just want to be clear about that piece upfront you with us you want to chime in here on kind of your initial reaction
0: yeah like uh you know look i'll just say i am I am thrilled that it's that the era is over, you know, because there was no really moving on until Brad moved on. Now that yeah. Brad moves on, then it's easier to kind of move on. If you want to move on, with Kuzma, if you want to move on for Przingis and really do a reset or retool. Like it looks more like a full on rebuild now, but then you're moving on and like kind of countering like, you know, I think I think Brendan, you were saying like, you know, Anger shouldn't be pointed at Brad. You know, look, it should not be, I guess. It should be pointed at, like, Leonsis and Shepard for kind of doing what they did, holding on to Beal as long as they did. But ultimately, if someone's taking advantage of someone, yes, you kind of point the finger at who's being taken advantage of and allows themselves to be taken advantage of. But Mm -hmm. it's not like the person who is taking advantage of them comes off, like, looking clean either. So, like, if Brad comes off looking like, you know, it's like, as far as I'm concerned, (laughs) when he comes back, the hell with the tribute video, the hell with all yeah, of that. I'm going to be booing my ass off at the guy. Like, you know, he took every cent he could. And like when that's what, I think that's what frustrated me most about the whole Beale situation. Um, he would sign for every cent he could. And he knew what team he signed up for. It wasn't like, it was, like, he'd have to be delusional to think that him, his Smith and Isaiah Thomas were going to be playoff bound and win a title. He knew what the roster was. And then like, he would kind of just, go in like uh, ISO mode, score forty points, and then kind of pout pout publicly on the bench. So like he knew what he signed up for, and like so I didn't feel sorry for him at all. And then all that public like kind of whining, like you know all the all like the the memes, the gifts of him post game, and all that just came off came off hollow because it's like okay, what did you sign up for? You signed up for every dollar to play in that situation. So I don't feel sorry for you. So and now like yeah, you had a great career. Thanks for everything you did here, but goodbye. Time to start over. <laughs>
1: Yeah. My guy Wiz takes was looking for a sweetheart deal and and he and I had sort of a vocal back and forth about it and and have since understood where the other was going with that. And you know, I, I wish he was right. I wish Beal was so indebted this organization that he was like, you know what, let me me make sure that I go somewhere that doesn't like leave this franchise in a hole. And just to be clear, that is not what took place here. The wizards got absolutely bent over because that's part of what Brad wanted. I mean, you're, you're hearing that it, Maybe even more than subtext. It, it's you know, the reason that DeAndre Aiden's not in this deal is because Brad was like, no, fuck it. I don't want to go there and play with the Chocolate Landell as my starting center next year. So um that that's definitely weighing in here. Brendan, Ryan, any reaction to that?
2: Yeah, I I agree with what Oz said. I think Oz is maybe a little harsher on Beal than than I would be, but I, I totally understand that I've been just lukewarm about Beal basically since since that first season where where he played without wall i feel like he just he wanted to be that that leader but then it never took fruition and he took every dollar to oz's point and then the pouting i think really is what started to sour with the fan base because you'd have national outlets um kind of saying oh you guys got to get beal out of there and this and that and it made it seem like we were holding him hostage here in dc when the truth was He was really executing, you know, getting the biggest bag he possibly could get and maximizing his earnings. And I'm never the type of person that's going to begrudge the player for maximizing your earnings. I mean, I would have done exactly what Beal did. And now him and Kamaya and their kids get to move to Phoenix and it's close to uh, L.A. where Kamaya's from. And I'm sure they have a home already in L.A., and they kind of get to to live a nice life on the west coast and Beal doesn't have to worry about being traded again because he still has that no trade clause on his contract you know going forward um i think that as as a fan base i think we can all say hey like it sucks that we didn't get all the assets we wanted to get back in terms of like a first round pick or a young player but i think that we need to let the the front office kind of execute whatever their plan is going to be and not be so quick to judge and run on twitter and say oh my gosh it's the worst trade ever i mean i did say in in our group chat initially i thought it was trash but and i still and i still don't think it's a great trade package but i think i'm willing to say hey like let's let's see what the bigger picture looks like um the only thing i would say is they didn't have to do the trade now so i think right. that's the only point where like a lot of people have been saying that and i agree it's like well what was the rush if that was all you could get back What was the rush? Because there's no it's not like you're getting a pick back in this draft where you're like, well, we want to make the pick ourselves in this draft. Mm -hmm. So I don't really understand from that vantage point, other than they just wanted to wash their hands of the situation and go into their first offseason with with kind of a clean slate. That's the only that's the only thing I really look at. And I'm like, you know, damn, I mean, that's a good point. Why didn't they? Why didn't they? You know, why didn't they wait? I don't know.
1: A lot of people have said that they're waiting, they wanted to beat out like a trade for Dame Lillard. We also don't know that Dame Lillard will get traded. And also, I would think that the teams that miss out on Dame in the Dame sweepstakes there would be more likely to trade more for Beal because then you can't afford to strike out and and not get something. Brendan, where are you at with that?
3: Yeah, going back to what Oz said originally, I I think that like with what happened, the root cause of it is the previous regime, right? But but I think there is something to be said for going out gracefully, and like I said, you know, not being kind of a a dickhead on the way out. And again, it's his right to to do what he wanted with that contract. But it, we would be having a much different dialogue about this right now if he said, I mean, if he was like, "Here's my my three teams that I like." You work out the conversation. And I said this on uh, our own podcast the other day. You know, you, you work out your own deals with these teams, uh, pick which one you like. I may or may not tweak a little bit of it, but whatever you decide is best for the organization and the path to move forward, then that is what I will decide. And, and it seems that that's not, you know, really what happened here. It seems like he pretty much handpicked this deal, his location. And Phoenix was always odd when it was brought up originally and Wizards fans were mad because we already knew that Phoenix had already dealt all their picks when they were getting Kevin Durant. So we knew ahead of time that we were only going to be getting second round picks. Um, and obviously w- w- we knew what this deal was going to be basically before it happened, it was either going to be Aiden or Chris Paul. I would have rather had Chris Paul. So I'm glad that that's the direction they went in. And in terms of this deal, right. Um, and then piggybacking off of what Ryan said, I mean, yeah, th- this deal like straight up is bad, but the, the context of it and giving them to a trade clause and given I I think the, this new regime just wanted to come in and just rip the bandaid off. There was not going to be any question of what direction they were going to go. And if you come in and you tell your best player, Bradley Beal, Hey, we like you, but we're going in a different direction. Okay. Well then does that affect the locker room going into the season? Does that make him pout more? Um and then does that make things worse to where if you wanted to work out a deal midseason or at the deadline, would he be even more of a dickhead? So it just I think that they just wanted to get this over with now. Um it seems that the agent gave Michael Winger and Ted a lot of credit in making this deal happen. And I mean, of course, looking at the deal, why wouldn't you? Um, but I think it was just nice for all sides to come together early um and go out on good terms if that's what you want to call it and just get this done because now we can move on as a fan base um the wizard as an organization and we can finally go into this uh so-called rebuild where hopefully it doesn't take too damn long um and we'll see what happens on draft night
1: my, my only thing with that is going back to ryan's point about you didn't have to do this now like, yeah, he has the no trade clause and he has all the leverage, but he also doesn't want to sit his ass home for three months at the start of the year. So if he had been a, like a pouty asshole about it, you'd just say like, enjoy the bench or the view from the third row or wherever. And presumably uh, maybe he's more willing to work with you if he's eager to just move on and, and be somewhere else. And that, at that point, maybe you do get a little flexibility left back or, or, or leverage back. I, I don't know. I think that's the only thing where I'm kind of like, there's probably no outcome that could have been worse than this in terms of return. Like they got no assets out of this. Like a 2024 pick swap is basically a joke. Uh, they're going to be better than us next year. So we're not going to want that swap. And let's say that 2026 KD is almost 40 years old and Brad hasn't been able to hold up injury wise. They still got eight they still got Booker odds are they're probably still better than us. I did see a couple of people say that, well, if the Suns end up worse than us, the Wizards are screwed because like we'll owe them um, our pick. It's like the choice, that's not how the pick swap works. The pick swap is only if we want to exercise the option right. to switch picks with them, just so everybody's clear about that. Because I, I did see that uh, as some confusion here. But not only do you get nothing out of this, you also gave up an asset. Like Jordan Goodwin is an asset. He's a cheap contributor. That especially under the new CBA, teams are gonna love. Like he's an eighth man built in on a vet minimum essentially, and we just threw him into the deal supposedly. Um, that's crazy to me. Like I, th- that's actually I'm more upset about that than Beal somehow, and that doesn't even really make sense to be honest with you. But it, it just seems like we're like, ah, eh, fine. You want more? Take whatever you want. It's the same way that Tommy negotiated with Beal. Like, want a trade clause? No trade clause. Want a trade kicker? Just have it. Like, it just seems like we're like, oh, you're not going to give us picks. Well, why don't you also take our one of our good, young, cheap players, LOL? I don't know. Oz, what do you think? I yeah, think so really
3: like, quick if I oh, – oh, sorry, Oz, go ahead. I, I, I was just going to say it's, it's painful for – like, because Matt, I know that you focus a lot on the go-go, and it's painful when we have these guys that develop, and we finally have one that's good and can contribute in the big leagues, and then we just ship them off in a deal. That that was going to be the only thing I said is it's just frustrating from – my totally Aspect, good. I didn't mean to cut you
0: off. So good. So, I think from the overall trade, I think there are a couple of things that I think Brendan is right. You want to just kind of end it cleanly, end it amicably, and just move on. Um, I think what you might be worried about is Beale has had a lot of lower leg injuries the past few years. You have four years left on his deal. What if you keep him and he gets hurt at some point? Mm-hmm. Then you have a John Wall type situation where you have someone on a super max who can't play. The other issue is, yes, he so. What we've heard is, or what's been reported, is that Beale was open to a change of scenery. I think by the leverage that he exercised, he was more than just open to it. He probably seeked it, and he mm-hmm. leveraged it, that no trade clause as much as possible. So did he ask, did he actually, was he actually just open to it, or did he actually ask for a trade behind the scenes? That's something we don't know, but kind of like connecting the dots it looks. Like it was more than just, hey, I'm open to a trade if you guys want to trade me. It was a polite
1: behind the scenes, I I want out now.
0: Exactly. And and then if you don't do it, like, you know, he still has a no trade clause going forward. So it's not like, you know, how much better does it get in the future, especially if at some point he goes public with his demand? Like, you know, we're already not getting the packages, like Miami apparently was not offering Hero. And, you know, from Milwaukee, I don't even know what was on the table, but it's, you know, how much better were the package is going to get? So I kind of get just like ripping the bandaid off, being done with it. And it is possible that the 2026 pick swap works to their favor or that they're able to leverage this newfound cap space that they, I think, will eventually create, not that they have now, but yeah. that Next they'll year. eventually create. That's when, I think that's the thing. So you you create these this 20, 25 million if they, if they eventually move on Chris Paul or whomever and then you become that team that te- that uh, other teams dump contracts on, and then you get a first-round pick for doing so. So maybe that's how they they decided, you know what, it's not a good haul, but that cap space we could use to get more than we probably would have down the road regardless. On the Jordan Goodwin point, I do get it. I get it. I'm not as angry about it because, to me, Jordan Goodwin's value is if you have kind of a team that needs...
1: Oh, we lost you there, Uh, I think where Oz is going with that is like Jordan. We got you the Jordan Goodwin point. We didn't catch.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think like, I just think that with him, his value was on a team that's up against the luxury tax because he's, he's inexpensive, but he could play kind of starting fresh. You know, I don't, I'm not like it's, I'd rather keep him than not keep him, but how important is he if kind of like in a, in a clean slate where you're probably going to bring in at least one to two new point guards.
1: That's the thing. He right. may not be important here, but uh somebody with this new CBA says, I want, I'll give you a second round pick for him. We threw him in as an, an attachment yeah. to a deal, as opposed to getting something else for him later. We said, like, we want you to take Brad so badly that we're willing to give you yeah. more stuff. And and that's kind of the part I'm having a hard time reconciling. Right. Uh with this deal and the Ruby Hatchamore deal, we presumably own every second round pick from now until the end of time. Ryan, does that make <laughs> you feel better at all?
2: Uh I don't really care much about the second round picks. Maybe that's more so I've been burned so many times over the past like decade with like us taking the like Isuf Sanin guy or whatever his name right. was. And mm-hmm. like they always pick the second round pick that I wouldn't pick. Like they picked Schofield over Bobo or like whatever it is. Yeah, they don't take the guy that I would take or where I feel like the fan base, it's like the fan base are better GMs than the actual GM in terms of making picks. I want to kind of go back to a point in terms of um, what we were talking about in terms of the the trade. I I think that Leonsis wants to be viewed as like a a player-friendly GM for like the franchise stars. And I think that's something that maybe like we underestimate a little bit in terms of I think what was really important to Ted was to send Beal somewhere he wanted to go. And obviously he has a no trade clause, so he can already dictate that. But I really think they didn't want to get into like a haggle over, well, we would really prefer to send you to Miami and that's one of your preferred destinations. But, you know, I feel like they were like, hey, if you want to go to Phoenix, like we want to negotiate the best deal we possibly can get. And they landed somewhere with, you know. CPU instead of Aiden. I think that you could argue that Aiden should should have been in the deal, but I think that some people would say, "Hey, there's more flexibility to not have Aiden." Um so I for one thing Aiden's gotten Aiden's gotten a little bit underrated and people are like really quick to act like he's not that good and look, maybe he's not the number one pick worthy of a player, but I think that there is a all-star somewhere in there and it probably wouldn't happen in DC. So I'm not mad we didn't get him, but I think that I don't want to underestimate the Leonces part in this trade in terms of I think he wants to look good to potential maybe players down the road that want to be a part of the West. like, Hey, we take care of our guys. We took care of Beal. Not only did we give him all the money we could give him, we sent him somewhere he wanted to go. And we worked with his agent and didn't kind of try to haggle over. Well, we would prefer to send you to the Kings instead or whatever other team. So I think that's an under, under the radar point that I just wanted to make. I think Ted's handprints are on this too. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think it's
1: stupid from his perspective to want to think that way. I mean, everybody trashed uh, the front office in, in Boston for the way they handled the Isaiah Thomas thing. Like, oh, play through this hip injury. Oh, your sister died in the playoffs. And oh, by the way, we're shipping you out in the offseason unceremoniously. And it's like a bunch of people said, oh, we'll never go to Boston. Well, I don't think they've had any problem bringing in all the people they want to bring in after that. Uh, I think you're better served in the long term, not being looked at like a sucker. I don't think people are like, wow, what a great guy Ted is. They're like, oh, we can fleece that idiot. I agree uh, with you. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, okay, so just the positives here, I guess, uh, Oz mentioned it, they create cap uh, cap flexibility eventually. It's not this year so. Uh, Chris Paul's deal is guaranteed at around 28.4, despite the contract max being 30. So I'm not really sure what the discrepancy is there, but that was the number ESPN had. So you're not really saving that much this year. And then Shamit is guaranteed this year, but is essentially non-guaranteed for the next two years. So he's basically out. And I I don't know, I've seen a couple of people say, well, maybe you can reroute Chris Paul. Uh, And and that's something that's been reported is that if he doesn't want to be here this year, that they'll try to trade him for some stuff well last we heard phoenix was so uh unconvinced they could trade him for anything of positive value that they were talking about waving him and re-signing him so i really don't think that this is some way that the wizards are going to get like extra draft picks maybe i don't know the clippers is the reported destination maybe they throw you a second round pick or something uh i don't really know that that piece of it changes a whole lot for you other than maybe just if they take him on there's a way you can do this without having to buy him out. I I mean, you get a second with it, I guess we'll take all of the seconds again and continue to stockpile them forever. But I I don't really see that as being like a huge, like benefit to the trade package here at all. Um, Brendan, any reaction to that?
3: Um, Well, I, I think that if you do get a bunch of second round picks, I mean, maybe ideally that's a package somewhere where in some drafts you can try and get, a late first, or if you're trying to get, um, another decent role player, you know, you can package a bunch of those seconds together. I mean, we saw this past trade deadline. There really weren't a lot of, I mean, there was a couple guys that went for first round picks and mostly this past trade deadline, everyone kind of went for seconds. So I think that those do have some value. And I think that the change in the regime gives us a better chance to hit on these types of guys in the second round where we're not taking as to Sanona, uh, Yannick and Zosa, uh, Cassius Winston, Admiral Schofield, you name it. We're not taking those guys anymore. And hopefully we're taking guys that um, have athletic traits. Like, you know, guys like Isaiah Todd are ideally the guys that we want to keep seeing brought in, you know, maybe not guys that are as bad, but again, there was a, there was an instant, Okay, we know why we're getting Isaiah Todd. We know the type of player he can be now. Whether he gets there or not is different. But they had the right idea with that pick, uh, and even though it didn't work out, again, it's a it's a it's second a round swing. pick. It's so, a bigger
1: swing. So you'd rather that. Th-
3: there is still value to yeah. be had with those. Uh, so it's it's certainly again it's it's not the best situation, right? But it certainly is not the worst. And look, Chris Paul, um, all time, like if we're talking about players in their prime, this would be the the best player to put on a Wizards jersey since Michael Jordan, so I think that there's something to be said for that. This is one of the greatest point guards in NBA history, so um, whether we elect to move him, if we are able to move him to to bring in something else, uh, you know, I'm down for that. But if we elect to keep him, then I'm down for that too. And if we draft a point guard, I mean, there is literally you couldn't pick out a, a better mentor to have in the game right now than Chris Paul, so. I think that no matter what they decide to to do in terms of CP three, it's a it's a positive outcome for this organization, and I think that would um, help a lot too. If you know guys go to CP or you know he he chats with some players around the league, and it's like, hey, how was your time with the Wizards? Oh man, it was great. It was um, classy. They they treated me and my family with a lot of respect. Like again, and and to Ryan's point that he made, Leons just wanting to to make sure that the environment is good for free agents. And that's something that we heard them talk about. Um, and Michael Winger and Will Dawkins opening press conference too, is they want to be a destination for free agents. So, or be at least a place that people would want to come to via trade or whatever the case may be. And I think that that is very important. So I think that that's another positive outcome that could come from this if they do elect to keep Chris Paul.
2: I'd be shocked if Chris Paul was on the opening night roster, to be quite frank, to be honest. um, I That would honestly appall me. I just think that, that if you look at Chris Paul, he's, what, 38. He has a family that's based in LA. That was part of the reason why he accepted a trade to Phoenix and worked with OKC to get there. I just have a hard time seeing him uprooting himself in any capacity to come all the way to the Wizards to win, like, 20 games. I just don't see it. I could be wrong, and I'll, I'll eat crow on that if I am, but... I think that the Wizards might like him to come in be and be a mentor to whoever you know we draft and the you know the rest of the young guys. But I think more likely than not, they'll ask him what are a couple teams you want to go to, and they'll try to get a couple second round picks or something, uh, and move on from there. I just can't see Chris. Chris this is a win for Chris Paul because he got his contract negotiated. He got like that ten million plus that he would have gotten if he gotten waived. I think would have gotten like fifteen mil if he gotten waived. So he ended up getting more money by being in the trade. I think they're just going to send him right on to L.A. Maybe we'll get Brandon Boston or something like that um, or, or something like that from the Clippers. But I just have a hard time seeing Chris Paul at 38, even entertaining playing for the Wizards, much more than a courtesy phone call to Will Dawkins and say, hey, man, like, you know what it is. <laughs> like Go ahead and send me somewhere else. So that's my opinion anyway.
1: If, if you look um, at like what? Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, sorry. Well, uh, I was just, uh, just I was one good. quick one quick thought on that real quick. It's the only reason I wouldn't be in a hurry to get rid of him is. Like, we just saw him kind of flame out in the playoffs. His value is probably as low as it's going to be. Like, if he looks old and slow to start the year, that's what everyone expects from him. Right. But if he looks reasonable, and and now the deal isn't that long-term, uh, maybe somebody would be able to convince themselves, like, oh, shit, we really need a point guard. Maybe you get something more out of it than you would right now, as kind of just like the as he cooked, kind of Chris Paul, only, only thought, go for it, us.
0: Yeah, and it's like Dawkins came from a situation where Chris Paul was traded to Oklahoma City. And I think in it, when Chris Paul went to Oklahoma City, no one really thought he was going to play there for the full season. Mm-hmm. I think it was kind of the same thought. Like he was looked as the dump to get contract dump that was needed to match Russell Westbrook. who was, was looked at as probably the better asset at that, right? So Dawkins came from a situation where he saw firsthand Chris Paul came in, lifted the entire team, taught them how to play basketball. And then they flipped him. I think they flipped him for a first-round pick, but he went went to Phoenix eventually. I'm thinking, like, I don't have that in front of me right now. But, I, you know, so I think he's seen that situation play out before. Now it's a few years later. Now, if the best you can get right now is Marcus Morris and a couple seconds, I think we've collected enough seconds as is. Um, I'm kind of in the mindset, like, you, Matt, just keep him. Let him keep him. Uh, He's not going to walk away from the money that's on the table. He will teach some of this these younger players how to play. I think, in a lot of I think us four we've talked about this before as part of our, a different chat that we're on. Who really likes the Rockets type of rebuild? Where yes, they're collecting assets, but like,
1: yeah, we're, we're losing again here. <laughs> but to, to your point, like we could be bad, but also not be so bad. Uh, so so maybe they'd be at least mildly entertaining to watch. it. and everybody loves to talk about like what benefit. Uh, you know, Russell Westbrook did for the young guys like Denny and stuff like that and their work ethic. Maybe Chris Paul can do the same thing and have some, you know, kind of thing where he, he lifts up the other guys on the roster.
0: Yeah. And then flip them at the deadline because at that point the Lakers might be more desperate. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, I like that. Uh, all right, guys. I, I want this to turn into a free-for-all here in a second, but let me just tee this up for you. I think there's a certain amount of people listening to this because they are unhappy or upset with the way this turned out. So let's help them channel that anger productively. Who should fans be mad at in this situation? Like, to me, it's not Winger. It's not any of these guys. It, it's it's Ted and Tommy. Like, it's Tommy for the no trade clause, and it's it's Ted for letting it happen and keeping that in place in the first place. But but you guys chime in here. Whoever wants to take it. If you if someone wants to be angry right now, who should they be directing that?
2: I'll go first. Um, it's Ted. The answer is Ted, because in 2019, Wall got hurt. And it was evident that it was not going to, it didn't make sense to build around a 26-year-old bill to me then. And I think Ted wanted to keep a star around to build the team around even back then. I feel like it was a mandate for Tommy Shepard to keep him up until a point over the past few years uh, and his incompetence, him being uh, Tommy Shepard, uh, he couldn't build a team around him that was competent. And the two-track path never really made sense. Keeping Beal and adding the ninth pick and the 10th pick and the 15th pick and whatever, that that plan never made sense unless you have a shrewd operating GM. And as we can all see, we don't. So I blame Ted for the mandate initially to keep Beal in the first place. I think the writing has been on the wall for four years. And here we are with the poo-poo platter of Chris Paul's expiring contract, Landry Shamit and a bunch of second-round picks and a couple swaps or, or or whatever it is. And I think Ted is the person. I think that he did take some accountability for his missteps by bringing in Winger and bringing in Dawkins and bringing in Travis Schlink, But he's the guy that I'd be mad at. I would give the front office time to do their thing, but if you want to be mad at somebody, at Ted Leonsis on Twitter.
1: Ryan, you just got blocked. <laughs> right. Ask Brendan, anybody?
3: Uh, you got him, my brother. Think you know,
0: I'm going to go Tommy because Tommy ultimately, he, his plan got him fired. And ultimately, like if he was more convincing and better at what he did, he would have convinced Ted that there was, you know, he could have he could have done a better job convincing Ted or maybe he didn't even believe that there was a way to do this that did not include Beale. And ultimately, it's his job to like put together a vision and show the, show the owner how to execute that vision. And he was pivoting every 40 games. You pivot every 40 games, the vision changes every 40 games. Owner that's trying to, like, figure out what's going on. Now, ultimately, look, ultimately, like, it always flows to the top. Tez writing the checks, but, you know, Tommy came in first saying the eighth seed is not good enough to basically push all his chips to try to make the play. So I'm pointing towards him because, you know, in addition to that, like, They probably knew that they could leverage Tommy for the no trade clause and get anything they could get out of him. I just don't understand why he like yeah, I just don't understand why he went along with them, you know, like and ultimately got him to where he is anyway, so it didn't really pay off for him.
3: Yeah, I I I agree with Oz. He pretty much said everything I was gonna say. I mean if we want to go root cause, yes, it's Ted, but Tommy's been around this game for a long time and he should have known better at the time a couple of years ago that like, even, uh, I don't know for sure. And maybe there is reports that, that Ted w- made it a mandate to keep him, but either way, Tommy should have known better. Like, Hey, Ted, like, again, like Austin do a better job of convincing them. Like th- this is a time we need to maximize his value. I don't see how we're going to be able to get there as a team with, this guy at the top. And I mean, we were already arguing several times once we got Porzingis, is KP the best player on the team? And I definitely agree that he's the most skilled and probably the most overall useful. It's just KP is like such a a half-court player sometimes and sometimes looks kind of bad. But anyway, um, I I would say Tommy, just because of the fact that basketball, it's been his life. He's been around it a long, long time. And he's been in this organization a long, long time he he's known Brad for a long time. So the fact that they didn't jump on this sooner and get it done. Well, I mean, you know, this is what you get. And I, I hate that the new front office had to deal with it. And I don't think anyone should be mad at them because they can only deal with what they're able to deal with. You know, that's the hand that they were dealt and they had to maneuver around it. And it's either you keep him and but again, you, you, have the the chance they're ruining that relationship and then how is that perceived around the league as opposed to just doing it now and making sure all parties are on the same page again just ripping the band-aid and getting it over with so I don't think anyone should be mad at Michael Winger at Will Dawkins I don't even think anyone should really be mad at Bradley Beal again this is all Tommy Shepard and if you you want to throw in Ted there for allowing him to to get away allowing Tommy to get away with it for as long as he did then that's totally fair. Okay. Tommy was still trying to convince us all
0: that Beal, Kuzba, Porzingis could work. Two like a month ago. He was <laughs> trying to convince everybody. Yeah. So it's yeah, point there. That's if for anyone in the game that long and that was a great point Brandon that he has been in the game and he has these relationships. So if he has those relationships, you know that it's the only known trade clause in the NBA. Why? Because people don't do it. So mm-hmm. it's it you know that's that's on him. That's on his record. That's that's on his resume when he goes for his next job.
1: <laughs> to, to piggyback off of that, I kept ESPN's Kevin Pelton gave the Wizards a B-plus from this trade and the Suns a D. First of all, I can't rationalize how anyone would think that personally. But uh, if you do want to make the case for why this is actually the best way for the Wizards to go, it's it's just exactly that. Maybe Winger and them saw exactly what Tommy tried to do. And he tried to thread this needle of Get left a bad hand by Ernie. Like, let's just every year try to incrementally, like, flip things so that we. It's the like whatever that method is where you trade a paperclip for uh, a rubber band, and then you trade the rubber band for a pencil, and then you trade the pencil for a pen, and then eventually at the end of the year you've got a million dollar house or whatever that stupid concept is. Like, I think that's what Tom Tommy was like trying to do to build a team. Whereas like if he'd have just been really bad and eaten the wall contract up front, like. We probably would have our first round pick right now and not have been any worse longer term. And maybe a few of our draft picks, instead of being 15th, would have been 7th. And, and we'd have some better people. So maybe these guys saw that and just said, you know what? We'll take the cap. Like, we'll just clear everybody out of here and we'll start totally fresh. And we're going to strip this thing down to the studs. And we're going to sell everybody off for every other asset we can get. Maybe we don't get anything for Brad. But like all these other dudes that are going out, we're going to get something for. And we mentioned that that cap space doesn't start this year. It starts next year, essentially. And that's when the new CBA goes into place. Teams are going to be really hamstrung. And everybody that has all these bad contracts already, there's going to be more like it's going to be more important for them to find somewhere to dump their bad contracts. And the Wizards will be one of the few teams with massive cap space at that point. So the Wizards can take on all these bad contracts at a heavy premium. So it maybe it's two, three, four first-round picks to take somebody's shit contract, and and that's okay for them during this rebuild. And at that point, you know when those bad contracts clear out three, four years, now you've got a war chest of assets and all your cap space back. So, so maybe that's the vision. Uh, I think I still wouldn't give them a B plus for this, but like that's got to be like what they are envisioning here. I would think.
2: Yeah, I'll hop in here. I I feel like at best the trade would be neutral. So I think a C was would be the best. I would I would give the Wizards, uh, because not getting any type of young asset again in a first round pick or anything of that nature is just it's just terrible for a. It's just terrible to 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 digest. No as a fan. assets. Period. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just really tough to digest. But I think uh, the fan base underestimated a little bit those reports that came out from, or not reports, but those um trade scenarios that bobby marks had put out and people really poo-pooed them and said oh there's no way they're just gonna salary dump him and brian i am one Windhorse... of those people
1: by the way i'm eating crow right now
2: <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't know you were but you know uh even with brian winhorse kind of saying hey like i think people are going to be surprised at the at the return and i i this is worse than i thought i thought it was going to be somewhere in the ballpark of uh hero in the 18th pick and that be like the bulk of the assets once that once i kind of heard that reporting i said "There." Brian, when horse drops tidbits and he doesn't just say things out of school, yeah. he's actually really, he, he really tries not to say that much most of the time. So when he does yeah. say things, I think it's careful. Yeah. I, yeah. I listen to them and I say, okay, there must be something there that he's hearing that's giving him he's not just saying that for no reason. Um, so I think that that's something that the fan base maybe it didn't, didn't fully expect or didn't fully digest. And then they'd set their expectations accordingly. And you know, we get what we get. Um,
1: you also Inter- have the athletic though saying that they the wizards should but should probably get back two or three picks. So it's like yeah. So yeah. I'm not trying to throw them under the bus,
2: but like there were there
1: definitely was like conflicting stuff. So I, I don't I'm trying to give myself an out to feel better here, Ryan. That's all.
2: No, absolutely. And that's a good point. I know I know Josh Robbins is pretty pretty a good pretty good, you know, reputable reporter. Not saying he mm-hmm. had bad reporting, but that did, yeah. you know, help set some of the fan expectation. I think that, like I said, I wouldn't give them more than than a C. I think the wait and see approach is what the fan base needs to do. And I think that if a salary dump is the best that they can do, then I mean, I feel like we just got to go with it and not be so quick to say, "Oh my gosh, it's doom and gloom." Let's a winger. <laughs> yeah let let's give let's give them a chance to see their full plan and at least uh, I think Brendan made the point they're picking a lane, and I think that mm-hmm. that's been a thing. I know Oz has kind of been hitting, hitting on that a lot over the years, like. What are we doing What with this middle? Like, at least they're doing something that is a hard, this is what the plan is going to look like. And I can get behind that. Um, Another point I wanted to make really quickly is that wall gang sign video was such a a big moment for this franchise in hindsight, because I really think that Ted and the the higher-ups overreacted in the moment to, hey, we got to get him off the team. Um, you know, Wall is not was not a perfect franchise player. I was a, you know, was and still am a big Wall fan, but I'm a I'm a realist and a, a honest person. And I know that he had a lot of warts and flaws that impacted the team negatively over the years. And that was a big, you know, black mark on the Wizards organizations as far as Ted was concerned. But I feel like making the decision to like, hey, let's just get him off the team from just an asset management standpoint was just long term just so detrimental because it snowballed into making Beal the franchise player and here we are years later where we we basically turned Wall and Beal into like what did we Nothing. turn it into in the long term?
1: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I've wasted years.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it, it just looking at it like that and and I really think that they viewed Beal as kind of the the anti-Wall. Like oh, he has a clean image, he's never in any drama, he always comes to to, to camp in shape and this and that. And they felt like, Hey, like we have two stars. Let's, let's invest in this guy. Who's a much cleaner image and go from there and yeah, much to our detriment in the long term. I, th- I think you're hundred percent right on that.
3: What um, I was going to but- say in regards to um, the, the grade, like how Ryan was saying, like, give a C because it's neutral. Like for me, I can't give a grade on something when it wasn't in their control as a front office. Like, Essentially, Beal was able to do what he wanted to do, and so the front office had little control. So I can't give them a grade for that because it wasn't their doing. They had to bite the bullet on whatever it was going to be. So that was the only thing I was going to say. And then, like, Ryan had made the point about John Wall, and I think that's why a lot of fans over the years had kind of grown sour on Beal uh, a little bit. And John even said himself when he was on, I think it was Theo Pinson's podcast, And he was basically like, you know, he asked Brad, are we going to run this back? And Brad said, I got to think about it. And John said, when Brad said that, then he knew he was getting traded after that. So Brad definitely played a part in in John going. And I think just from how the organization handled that. And yeah, it it wasn't a good image for for John. And I I think that we're kind of seeing that the NBA wants to crack down on that stuff now with um, John Morant. So, uh, but again, like Ryan said, it was a bit of an overreaction from, the higher ups, and I feel like just because he was injured, they all may they already probably wanted to get rid of him, and that was just kind of like their their last straw. Okay, here's the reason to get rid of him, and so that's a reason as well. And, and it may it's not all Beale's fault, but I think that that's kind of one of the reasons why Beal's image has kind of soured with fans over the years. It's just kind of the aftermath of all that.
0: Well, yeah, he also never elevated anyone around him, so like. Into it, like you know, I'm. I will be a Wall fan. Like I, like you know, I went to the game and came back with the Clippers. They didn't make the wrong basketball decision because he's not even in the NBA anymore. But with, with and with, you know, so basketball wise, they didn't make the right decision if they were choosing one or the other. I think where they where they made the mistake is not fully resetting. But if you think about it, unless we had good moments with both, and they were a couple fun playoff years. But combined, those two combined for what? Like what? Two third team? Has Beal did? Wait, did Beal make a third an All NBA? No, he didn't. So we've had uh, one combined one, third one team All NBA between those two.
1: Right? Beal made one third team All NBA. Right?
0: Yeah, he made one. I,
1: yeah, that's how how he got. this. I thought he,
0: I thought he didn't make it. I thought he didn't make it. In the, so he waited for the, he, 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 the the Supermax. I could be wrong, but NBA Beal maybe had one third team All NBA.
1: You're breaking up here on us a little <laughs> bit. Like a
0: couple playoff runs and then basically, uh, sorry.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Maybe this is a good, good spot to close this out here. I got a two part question for each of you. Just quick responses on this one. Do you still feel better now about the future of the organization than you did two months ago? And do you still feel better about the future of the organization now than you did two days ago? Uh, you know, before the before the front office change and then now that you've seen what happened with the deal. Ryan, feel why don't you start? Much,
2: yeah, I, I feel pretty much the same. Um, I am disappointed with the return. I feel like I would be lying to say otherwise. But my faith hasn't wavered in the new front office. I believe that they've only been on the job for a short amount of time. They were dealt a bad hand with what was left from the Tommy Shepard era. And they seem to have full autonomy to make decisions. We see that with Beal being traded within a couple weeks of them being on the job. There's a lot of pieces in front of us to see what they can do. We have the draft. We have Porzingis, what happens with him with Kuzma's contract um, and things going forward. So let's give them time to get a sense of what the full picture is going to look like. Uh, so my faith is is about the same as it was when they got hired. Brendan, why don't you go? Uh, yep,
3: yeah, from two months ago, yes. Uh, we all knew that a change at the top was needed so they could make the necessary changes in order to be a modern NBA franchise to be taken seriously. So I'm going to say yes for the two months and then for the two days, yes, because it was the, the rumors had already come out by that point that they were in serious talks to move him. And I feel like once those talks come out, um, in order to avoid any sort of locker room drama or whatever, maybe people not caring as much in practice or not having faith in the front office or the staff or whatever it may be, uh, you go ahead and get the deal done. And and what it really showed to me was that this front office is not going to be scared to make changes that they feel are necessary in order for the, the, the greater good long-term. So yes. And yes,
1: Uh,
0: I think it shows, I, I mean, I
3: think the only thing that really changed same outlook, it just
0: might take a little longer than I initially expected.
1: I think, be honest with you, I'm I'm still way more um, optimistic about the future than I was than while Tommy was still running things. And and to be totally honest, uh, I was a little wavering when we started the recording of this podcast, just based on the return. I was like, eh, these guys, maybe not as good as I thought. But I, I think Brendan, you framed it really well from the start here. Of just they just they picked a lane like this is now different doing something different and i I think maybe now that this is like the anti-tommy move and framing it that way makes me feel a lot better about it and again just you know when you're a fan you initially overreact to some stuff anyway and now thinking about it it's like okay cool all right you know did what they had to do i'm ready to to keep trusting them and this draft will be big i'm still really excited for for what we do on thursday night is a little bit uh coincidental time here i am in pittsburgh with my wife for the taylor swift concert the Eras tour it is now the end of the uh tommy shepard era and the bradley beale era in the same couple weeks i think um i i didn't expect really either of these things to be honest with you like two and a half months ago so the fact that we got both in such a short amount of time i actually think it's just really good for us as a fan base and maybe our collective mental health to just like hit the reset button um Guys, any parting thoughts here? Last minute things you want to throw out that we haven't touched on yet before we get out of here?
2: I just think we should wait and see. I think that I, that's been my kind of what I've been saying the whole podcast. I think that we, as a fan base, uh, need to give the front office a chance to to put their imprints on with their vision for the team, and that's it's clearly not going to be just this offseason. We got a pretty you know, sizable rebuild on our hands, it appears. Uh, and at least they're moving with some urgency. I think that that is probably my parting shot. They're moving with some urgency. They didn't waste time, uh, you know, getting Beal out the door. And I I think they'll do something with Porzingis as an asset at some point this season. Um, hopefully they can do something with Kuzma as an asset and go from there. Um, but I think we should wait and see. Uh, I think we should still be just as excited as we were before, and a lot of people want to peel out the door. So we—I mean, we did get that, if—if—if if, uh, if nothing else.
1: Agreed, Brennan. Anything else to add?
3: Uh, I just I'm excited for the draft now because now it was like, oh, well, the the Wizards really need a point guard, but now we know for sure that we're going in the rebuild. So we kind of need everything at this point. So it just makes draft night um, all that the the more interesting. So I'm excited. Can't wait.
1: Yeah, uh, well said. Fellas, thank you for jumping on here day of to do this. Um, uh, Ryan, happy Father's Day to you. Happy Father's Day to Oz. I know he just had to drop off, but um, both you guys, and uh, we we appreciate you making time on your Sunday afternoon, both of you. Uh, And and also, I mentioned this at the beginning, check out the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast and the Wizards Group Chat podcast for both of these guys. Uh, They do fantastic work, and I love talking basketball with you guys offline too, so I love listening to it. As well, uh, for those of you checking this out, you know the drill, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We're presented by betonline.ag and we will catch you all next time.